And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the break. Again, this is This Week I Learned with me, Greg Arnold, presented by Ross Mortgage on the Money Matters Radio Network. We're joined this week again by my brother, Jeff Arnold from the New England Center for Children. We talked in that first segment about internships, so our experience with internships, and now we're going to transition into our experiences and first jobs. So obviously you're in your first job right now at the New England Center for Children. Me, this isn't technically my first job, but in between working for or working in the country music industry, I owned my own business. So not really, we're going to talk about my transition back into the corporate world. So I do work here at Ross Mortgage. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but so I think we'll start with you just because it's, it's more direct to that transition out of the, the internship world into that first job world. So we sort of talked about it a little bit, but some, some basic questions and I think, or maybe topics that I think are interesting is, so what, when you transitioned out of, well, we'll really, I want to focus on that golf internship. So something you're really passionate about into a field that you, you really didn't know all that much about. Obviously you, you do marketing and communications, you take marketing and communications classes at Assumption, but what was that transition like sort of being thrown in there? Did, did you find it easy to transition into work life or, or did you, did you really think to yourself in those first few weeks, so, wow, this is going to be a, a big adjustment? I, I, I don't know. I don't think it was very hard for me. So to be, if we're going to be completely candid, I was actually not hired for a marketing communications role. I was hired to be a data entry person for any, the New England Center for Children's uh, donor database. I was going to go in there, uh, see who donated that day, scan the check-in, enter the amount in, and put a mark on their record. Um, that was a full-time job. Y- yes, still is a full-time job. Um, so, so what happened is, so let's go back. I get hired as a data entry role with the understanding that I could do a little bit of social media work for them. I've done social media two other yeah. places, right? Well... The first Friday I worked there, so actually my third day, because again, like I talked about in the yeah, first one, I was going. working Monday, Wednesday, Friday while taking classes and interning for the College of the Holy Cross. Um, so my third day there, the full-time marketing communications person, uh, that was her last day with the company. She yep. moved down to Greener Pastures. She's working out for Boston Site, which is a, a nonprofit um, in Needham, Massachusetts. Um, so right there, there was a need. Uh, to, Jeff, what can you do? Um, so I kind of just stepped up and assumed her a lot of her responsibilities yeah. as best as I could. And that made it... So the data entry stuff was honestly pretty boring. Um, but I was more passionate and knew more about the marketing side. So I kind of just, I don't know, stepped into that role. And that made the transition a lot easier because I was doing something that I... Had a background in. I had a background in. And, you know felt like I was bringing something different to the yeah, team. Your value is more as a social media person or a marketing person than a data entry person. I mean, yeah. So I, I started just doing social media and then pretty quickly expanded from there into doing press releases, blogs for the website, um, and, and all of the like. I it, it was a really quick transition. I mean, I started my first video work for them was doing kind of uh, these – company updates throughout covid um internal company yeah yeah internal company updates and now i'm working in premiere and after effects and producing more like polished creative pieces it's it's weird how much my job has evolved over the last year um so so to answer your original question the transition i did not think was bad because a i started in that three day a week role um 
and B, because I could take a lot of the things that I had learned in school and with the New England PGA and apply it to just a new setting. So a lot of things I learned about social media, a lot of things I learned about just, I don't know, communicating and press releases and just writing in general. I could take all of those lessons and even going back further than that, I was, you know, editor of the school newspaper in high school and I wrote, I wrote guest blogged for, for your media companies and, and do my own thing. So I took all these little lessons, um, from my internship and from, you know, even before that and brought them to a new setting. And that's, that's a lot easier than learning a new skill. I mean, honestly, the database stuff wasn't hard. But, but it was learning new, a new form, skill, yeah. yeah. Which I so I was lucky. I found something where I could just kind of take what I'd already learned and, and just a apply it, and then b grow from there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so important. I mean, you always hear, you know, when you listen, or I guess in college, or you see and now it's so popular on social media, people talking about like how to you know make the most of your first job or your first internship or your first work experience, whatever it may be. And they always say, you know, position yourself in a way to show like, hey, this is the value that I add for, to the company, and that's something that you did and. Something that I did at um, my first job too was so I, I again similar to you I, I got hired to create content uh, that was supposed to be pretty separate away from the company also did uh, merchandise sales so it was supposed to be pretty separate as sort of another revenue driving arm that you know you could sell ads on and whatnot and it quickly transitioned into me doing marketing for the company and sort of how do we use this platform that we have that's doing content and how do we grow the social media and all that stuff and use that to drive revenue. And then similarly here at, at Raw, so I got hired as basically like a, an operations person to do back-end stuff for, for mortgages, and, and here I am talking on the radio. So it was similar to you where I, you know, I saw the opening where this show had been in place for years and, and the, the couple of people doing it didn't really have the, the drive or the desire maybe to continue doing it. And I you know, step up to the plate and you show, hey, this is something that I can can do professionally, but also it's something that, you know, I think I, the business is getting more out of us. I think we would both agree that, you know, our skill sets are now being better used than maybe in the roles that we were originally hired for. Yeah. And I think actually, so I know where we want to talk about first jobs, but I think we should take a quick detour. Um, I, I would like to talk about marketing and specifically content marketing. Cause I do think it's unique that you and I have both worked in these roles that, the the main marketing that we are doing so you for um in your your first job uh with country junkie nation and me with the new england center for children the main marketing we're doing is producing content i i I wonder if we just talk a little bit about that and a like break it down for people who might be unfamiliar with that concept and then b just talk about both of our i mean the full breadth of what that means um, both for our experiences and just more in general yeah i mean yeah i mean it's a great great transition i think you're you're probably so right and i think for us it's so natural to talk about content marketing and all that stuff because you know for both of us i mean we really started at the same time to be honest i mean we started with my website that eventually got you know more merged with country junkie nation you said you did some guest blogging for them but we really started content at the same time which i think was now about eight or nine years ago. So we've been doing it for a long time, but definitely. So for me, uh, with Country Junkie Nation, it was a little different than what you do. So I was doing it really as a, well, and maybe it's not, but I what I take away is it I was doing it purely as a revenue driver. That was the end goal, was how do we turn this content into revenue for the company? So I was doing social media and I was doing blogs and we had a, a podcast briefly. We did a lot of video work and all that stuff. So basically 
it was a full, all I was doing was content. So we had a schedule where I would do, you know, 25 ish blogs a week. So a blog would be anywhere from a paragraph to, you know, three to five paragraphs of it was a little longer that was country music related. And that went on to the website. And then we would create audio content in the form of a podcast. And then as we, as I talked about earlier, you know, I was doing, going to all these concerts. So what we would do is we would take a bunch of photos at the, at the concert and then we would also take video clips throughout and we would sort of stitch those together and create this highlight reel basically of concerts that would go out on social media. And so that was so many different pieces of content all put together allowed for the brand Country Junkie Nation to grow and more people were becoming aware of it and all of that stuff. So that's very similar to what you do where you're trying to create content that just makes more people aware of what the New England Center for Children is. And that's really just like brand building content yeah, is what I always describe it as. Yeah. I mean, it's building brand awareness is building brand. I mean, a little bit of building brand equity, not really. Um, so just to break it down, I, I know you didn't really talk about it, but you know, content marketing is really just any time that a company, um, you know, is using, is creating and distributing, I think they really talk about something that's valuable, relevant, um, and consistent uh, to to attract and retain, essentially, uh, an audience and your customers. And to, again, to build equity in terms of, you know, we do something differently. So yeah, you did that through those different means. And for me, it's through written and, and visual um, things, as well as a beginnings of a podcast the the necc now podcasts available anywhere uh, on spotify (laughs) apple uh etc so i don't know i think content marketing is also i think it's something that you so we work with a company in worcester uh called votary media and they are filmmakers and they do some of their creative stuff on their own but they also work with a lot of brands and i think content marketing started as something that's really superficial and super about um, just driving like numbers. So for you, you said that you had 25 blog posts a week. Um, and I think what it's turned into, at least the companies that do it well, are doing something that is one level or two levels deeper than that, that tells a story. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know. I think that the storytelling aspect is really interesting. I think for... I, I, you'll see it more would be my guess over the coming years. I mean, even look at commercial, like the way the brands partner with people. I mean, Charles Schwab is a great example. Um, they, so again, this is in the golf space, but they do, um, the, the challenger series, which is these short films about different disruptors in the golf space. So no laying ups, a media company. They, they did one about them. They did about course architects. So point being that it really has very little to do with the Charles Schwab brands, nothing to do with money management, but it's about, you know, co-sponsoring these these stories and having your brand be associated with those so that's like one level to and the other level being like how do you tell your own brand story in a deeper way um so that that's kind of what i take away from content marketing the future of it um is that there's there's going to be i don't know this this greater emphasis on authenticity yeah but also and this is something that votary talks about all the time i think it's interesting because they're so involved in the filmmaking aspect and like the super creative stuff is that people talk about authenticity but how do you make sure that that doesn't become a cliche yeah and something like i don't know i i Anytime a brand tries to create something authentic, it can sometimes fall back on like kind Forced. of on yeah on platitudes, and it's just really you have to. There's so many talented people out there that can help tell your tell a brand story, and you just I think you have to use those people and use that viewpoint of like, I well first of all it's about some of it's about vulnerability, right? Like yeah. if you're not vulnerable in your storytelling, then 
you have nothing because you you have to, I mean, a basic story, there has to be some sort of conflict. And so many brands want to create something authentic, but they don't want to talk about their the vulnerability. Struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And it, or they want to really boil it down to something simple that is a half truth of what of a struggle. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, I'm going to throw the company that I work for, so Country Junkie Nation, uh, is now no longer operating in as Country Junkie Nation. So I'm going to throw them under the bus a little bit. But that was something we had a ton of meetings about. And at 20 and 21, I didn't really understand, but was creating these stories that were purely fabricated about building the brand. So maybe not purely fabricated, but largely exaggerated to the a sense of, you know, this was a country Western themed you know, merchandise apparel company at the end of the day that was creating content that was very country. But here we were sitting in New England with a bunch of people. I was a huge country music fan, but a lot of people who worked there were just simply not country music fans. So how do we create an authentic story and and sort of position ourselves as we are deeply rooted in country music? And we talked to so many, we had so many meetings about how do we tell that story in a way that really wasn't authentic. I mean, the most authentic way to do it not to toot my own horn would would have been to have you know me talk about what country music means to me because it it meant so much to me whereas a lot of people there you know it was purely uh, a way to get a salary and all that stuff which you, you need both sides but, but yeah it's definitely well, well and that's going back to the point I was making like you don't necessarily have to tell your the you can tell an authentic story that has to do with your brand that isn't an origin story. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's I was what just people. No, that's no, 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 no. But yeah. no, but the, but that's a good point. It's like that's the way you guys were looking at, it, and that's the way that it was being presented to yeah. you. And I think now people understand that you don't necessarily. It doesn't have to be that your brand is dyed in the wool, caring for this cause, or or this was the original intent of the mission. Instead, you can just partner and and help. I mean, I think something that's become huge over the last year in more of a social justice way is just making sure that you're amplifying like marginalized in, in social justice movements, you know, you're amplifying marginalized voices, but in a brand sense, in a purely capitalistic sense, like amplify voices that align with your company mission. So in the case of in the case of Charles Schwab that I'm talking about, like they're invested in the golf space, so they're going to do that. And in the case of Country Junkie Nation, that might have been something more like, you know, let's tell the story of a certain artist or tell a story of a certain company that we are working in the same industry as, but is obviously not a direct competitor. But I don't know. I think that that's, that's just something super interesting and something we think about at the at NECC is like we don't necessarily have to tell – we don't have to talk about like – we started in 1975 and here's, here are all these different pain points we had to overcome over the last 45 years. Instead, we can talk about like an individual kid or we can talk about like our staff alumni. So we can tell these authentic stories using our brand as the vehicle that yeah. drives it. But it, again, it doesn't have to actually focus. The authenticity doesn't have to be in the origin. Yeah. I mean, that it, makes sense. And it's so much easier to, maybe not easier, but but the stories are easier to source and not that they're easier to tell, but definitely easier to source when you have like in the Charles Schwab things, like you have all of these people who have stories to be told, right? It's a lot harder for these. And Charles Schwab's done a, done a great job of going outside of, you know, people who work at Charles Schwab. Um, it's something we talk about a lot here at Ross is how do we, you know, get more people engaged with mortgages aren't exactly exciting necessarily, but you know, how do we get people engaged with that and the, and the brand? And, and one one of the things, you know, building off of, I think you guys do a great job at, at the New England Center for Children is, is you know, telling these stories of people who work there or people who you guys have helped or impacted and, and sort of how do you use those stories, just like you're saying, you use your brand as the vehicle, but then you're telling these really powerful stories that people 
can connect with and that and that really help people be like okay this is a company that for you guys that you want to you know maybe you know donate to or what not not a company but an organization that you want to donate to or for us it's a company that you want to work with or stuff like that and and I think the other thing that I think is really interesting about content marketing, and this is something you do a ton of, and I think maybe you could speak on really briefly here as we run up, uh, coming up on the other break here, but is using content almost as a recruiting tool or as a uh, company morale tool and all that. Yeah, I think so. Specifically at NECC, it's a, a it's paramount that we attract and just as importantly retain um, talent. I mean, it's not an easy job working with some of our student population. It's it's emotionally and physically taxing. And the way we can use content to, again, A, just like provide recognition and, and to amplify. And then B, also like just to show people internally. Because, I mean, everyone gets this way at a job, but especially at a job like NECC, like you get so invested in your own day-to-day or your team's day-to-day at in the case of NACC I mean we have teachers divided up into about 25 different teams um you lose sight of kind of what else is going on at the organization so content that you know you can you can distribute it externally but just create it and try to find a way to get people get in front of people in the company just to show like this is what we have going on or this is what we care about and this is what we really value um and I think one last the one one last thing I want to talk about with content marketing, um, and it's just a, a really interesting point I always remember. I was working with a consultant who was saying that social media is not a storage facility for content. And that's something that people don't think about is people look at, at social media and like, okay, if I made this, it's just going to go out and sit there. You can, his point was create first and then figure out how it's going to fit in your distribution strategy because yeah. the, the story is what rules. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so important. So that, that sort of wraps up, I think I'd, I really enjoyed that conversation on content marketing. I think after the break here, we're going to just touch really quick. We'll wrap up the first uh, job experiences. I want to talk just a little bit more about that. But you're listening to This Week I Learned, presented by Ross Mortgage with me, Greg Arnold, here on the Money Matters Radio Network. We'll be right back after this break.